Hello and welcome to the Free to Be Show. I'm so excited to share with you my guest today. We will be talking about creating a new paradigm in being. And I will introduce my guest right after this. Welcome to the Free to Be Show, created for your ultimate joy. I present to you your podcast host, the ultimate joy goddess, Cordelia Gaffar. Cordelia creates sustainable, self-nurturing practices that will help you discover your ultimate joy. Through her workshops, retreats, her coaching services, books, speaking engagements, and this podcast, together you will co-create your unique sacred experience. So what will this feel like? This will feel like four mind alignment. Four mind alignment will also mean alignment for your beautiful lotus, more movement throughout your day. For your stomach, the best nutrition to nourish your body. For your heart, acknowledging all of your emotions and for your beautiful brain, getting more sleep. Work with the ultimate joy goddess so that you can be replenished. Are you aligned in your full mind? Be free with Replenish Me. Hello and welcome to the Free to Be Show. Today I am so blessed to bring to you one of the um, most amazing people I've had the pleasure to meet. His name is Gary Muller. He um, currently lives in Tokyo, Japan with his family and he's currently relishing magnificent moments during a 20-month adventure of a lifetime. His children are enrolled in the Japanese school system, exploring their Japanese heritage and culture as he and his wife, Kanako, fully enjoy all that Tokyo has to offer. Gary runs Mahler International Coaching Inc. from his home base in Shibuya. While his new home and coaching studio is being built in Vancouver, Canada. Gary is on a mission to create leaders who live a life of integrity, adventure, and passion. He mentors business owners and entrepreneurs who desire a life of impeccability and wholeness. Gary is dedicated to becoming alive in every aspect of life and sharing his unique way of mentorship with inspiring people who are tired of growing their way to a perfect life that is far from perfect but instead desire a life built with ease and flow and wondrous results. Welcome to the Free to Be Show. <laughs> hey, thank you so much. What a beautiful introduction. Thank you so, so much from Shibuya, Tokyo at 5 a.m. Yeah, what commitment. And I, I really acknowledge and appreciate you being here and serving in this way. Oh, thank you so much. This is my normal time. I, this is when I'm working usually. This is when I see clients. I'm up quite early and I spend about an hour just cultivating, replenishing myself, so to speak, to prepare myself. And it's beautiful because these are my working hours. So it's, this is normal fare for me. And it's just amazing to be with you. So thank you for the beautiful invitation. You're absolutely welcome. I see we have something in common. Yes, we do. The artist that you... <laughs> That's right. That's, and I've got a whole wall over there filled with my kids' beautiful artwork. It just brings joy every day. It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about that, right? You know, yeah, let's I was go. Re I was reading your bio and... Um, what I love about your bio is it is indeed like a walking document that that is something that you're creating with your every breath and every heartbeat. 
have you always been that way or is this something new? I've, I've always aimed my heart at what it desires. And it's very interesting that through that desire and just cultivating what the next step is and taking that next step with vigor has always brought me to magical, miraculous places. So I remember when I was young in university, I went to Europe and I fell in love with Paris. And I met a girl there and she said, if you love Paris for two weeks, stay for a year. I ended up four years later after graduating university, saving money, living in Paris for two years. And it was just one step at a time. And it was the ma most magical time ever. Ditto mm -hmm. living in Tokyo back in 2008 to 2010. I lived in Tokyo for two years, living with Kanako and just kind of prototyped my current business back at that time, one step at a time. Even living here in this neighborhood where we couldn't have imagined that we would find a place together, we created a magical adventure and found the most beautiful home that we could find right in the heart of Tokyo where we can basically walk everywhere one step at a time. Yeah. So this is, this is really, it's just fixating, just saying, oh, this is what I really desire and actually inhabiting that in this moment. Yeah. Inhabiting a 4 a.m. wake up. What do I want that to be like? Having a beautiful latte. I make my latte. I just sit in stillness, prepare for this. When my kids wake up, I'm prepared for them. I open the blinds, give them five minutes to lie down. I just nuzzle them a little bit, then leave them alone. And then I go back and I joke with them and bring them. And then you know, Kanako really likes them to do a bunch of work in the morning. And you can imagine first thing in the morning, is that what kids want to do? No, but we make it no. fun. <laughs> so that's my role. You know, she's busy doing her thing. So I just say, how do I want the day to be? And I've already inhabited this day. So I know it's going to be perfect. I'll be ready for any unforeseen obstacles and I'll create from my being, create from that document. So thank you for the question. I've never really thought of it that way, but that's how I've created this life and I create my day-to-day -day life. And you've always been very um, meticulous, it sounds like, with mm. it. Um, meticulous is, maybe I'm stretching the definition of the word. What I heard- I, I think you, you're bang on. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Because even within the realm of my life, when I was in business in a manufacturing comp uh, company, that meticulousness got me into a lot of trouble because I was really dialed in and perfection, dialed in on everything going perfectly. And when it didn't, I was really not that kind. So it, it, if I'm not careful, that double-edged sword, meticulous, would be a perfect, perfect word. Well, the reason, yeah, I, I, I love that you, you are in the same expansiveness with the word that I am, right? Because, you know, the next place I'm going with this, I'm like, and it's allowed you to create your freedom. And that's what, you know, really was the reason why I reached out to you, because I saw you talking about how you feel so free to be. And I'm, I'm just curious, like, how did you create this freedom so could you bridge the gap for us between the old meticulous version of you and the new meticulous version of you? <laughs> and if you don't mind, I'm going to put you on solo layout so they'll only see yeah. you. Okay. Sure. Sounds yeah. good. So that so meticulousness that we're speaking to, when I was in business, I, I was very good at dialing in what needed to be done creating from an idea to put things into production and realization. But it really came from a place of ego. It really came from a place of me wanting to look good, wanting to get the praise, wanting to really feel the joy or the power, you could say, mm -hmm. of myself. And 
it ended up with me being really not happy a lot of the time. My mind was always fixated on work, on details, on deadlines. And if anyone crossed or anyone could not produce whatever they said they would, I, I would just get so angry. And it was really in the country of Japan in year 2000 that I saw this Buddha in Nara, Japan. And I just saw that piece and I said, I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of that meticulousness. And I really did not know anything about meditation. I did not know anything about self-help. I did not know anything about spirituality. I had walled, I had shut that part of me out. And somehow that desire that I want that brought small steps and it took five, six years of small steps to do small shifts within myself, small openings to say, I, I don't know where it came from, but I just realized that I wouldn't have called it this at the time, but there was a response that I could do instead of a reaction that I was forced to do because of my old conditioning. And I followed my heart, followed my heart. So that was the biggest, biggest shift. And with each layer that I stripped, it really... <laughs> caused big conundrums in my life so much that I left this family business that I created out of high school. I, I sold that business. I, I went on a journey to Tokyo to find and be with a woman that I had fallen in love with. I, my whole life shifted and it's really been what I call this alignment with something greater than me. So our spirit universe and when I align with that, it informs me, it informs me what wants to be created coupled with what I desire. And I put those two things together. And I remember in 2016, 2015 saying, wouldn't it be great in the early 2020s to live in Tokyo? And without much planning, like no meticulousness at all, here we are for almost two years. It was originally going to be for one year, but it my place in Vancouver is taking longer to be built and we're having the time of our lives. So that was the real change. It was really this creation, what I call from surrender, acceptance and allowance to all things and finding the joy day to day, day to day. Yeah. So that's, that, that was the shift that I want that. Desire. So the, I want that. And and mm. what you and you were very very clear on what you didn't want. I didn't want that old life, and I still don't. And sometimes I forget. You know, to you know, we all like to be right, or like. And when I forget, it's just so hard and heavy in my heart. Yeah. So I just yeah. really, I really create this space of self forgiveness, self acceptance, really weed out any of the weeds of self-judgment, self-doubt. And then there's a place, an open space for just self-love to occur. And then I've got a shot at loving you and loving the world and being with situations that I'm not crazy about or people I might not really appreciate. And the big thing that I just want to share, like I want to call a spade a spade. It's like, it's yeah. not like I'm some Buddha, but when I clean this, it's so much easier to be okay with life. Or when something shakes me, I don't have to fall. I can really stand up into what it is that I desire. So it's this constant creation of who I am, who I am, creating from my document, so to speak. Yeah. And as a possibility, we can all be Buddha, you know what I'm saying? Because what I heard you also say in there, and I really want to talk about this because a lot of people don't recognize this as a strength. Um, you got angry. You hated yeah. what you were doing, right? Oh. And th this is where this is a great thing. Hate and anger can help to fuel, right? If we use 100%. it appropriately. <laughs> 100%, 100%. I, I fall in love with all of being human and those emotions which people really shy away from, 
I'm going to embrace them. I'm going to love. I'm going to love every non-loving thought about myself. I'm going to love thoughts that just appear that I've got crazy ideas about stuff. And it's like, do I need to take that seed and plant that and nurture it and then become more angry and become this world is so filled with vitriol. I'm choosing to not be a part of that. And I'm choosing to create a family life and create in my children an open heartedness to the world and themselves to actually face the world with equanimity, face the world with joy and really create it as a positive adventure. That's, that's really what this year and a half, two years is in Tokyo that they can really see, Oh, we can just pick up our lives and move to another country. You can, go into the Japanese school system and we're going to make it not only work, but we're going to create a beautiful life that my kids are kind of not wanting to leave. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a happy um, accident, isn't it? Then <laughs> it is, <laughs> like, it is so much. We yeah, might end that's... up having two homes. <laughs> oh, we'll see how that goes, but definitely, <laughs> it, you know, a big part of this too is, we would come to Japan for a month or six weeks every year up until the pandemic. So for three years, they couldn't see their Japanese grandparents. They, we couldn't be in Japan. So it's kind of like my wife and I were talking yesterday over lunch. We kind of made up for lost time. Like oh, we're, we're, sure. we're here for you know this time <laughs> fully inhabiting it. Yeah, I love that. And that's the mastery, right? In every moment, creating every day. So you are you keep using this word coming from your document, and for those uh, who are viewing and listening and may not be familiar with this this idea of creating a document, almost kind of like a script for your life, can you explain that to us and tell us a little bit about it? Yeah. So when I began began my work with my coach Steve Hardison. Um, the first work we did for the first three months was just really take a look at any non-powerful listenings I had. And how I describe a non-powerful listening is just these ideas that I have about myself that are just very disempowering. They're actually self-judgments so that anything that I see within the world will come from that filter of, you know, one of them was I, I, I can never really get what I want. I get okay, but I can't get what I want, which then really had me stuck. Or rejection used to be one thing that really I was afraid of, so it would really inhibit me from really fully expressing. So Steve had me look at all of these, and I looked at these, and I actually inhabited any time in my life that I felt rejected, any time in my life that I felt um, that I couldn't get what I want. And it was really a hard two months. It was like reliving, reliving these things. And for some reason, I had seen Steve for the first session and then he was traveling in Europe. So I didn't see him after for a, quite a while. So I was in this hell. And I told my <laughs> wife, like, I'm going to be really inhabiting hell for a period of time. And then when I came back, he explained to me, now what we're going to do is in that space, we're going to look at each of those times that you've judged yourself in these ways. And we've created a space of self-forgiveness. I forgive myself for judging myself as this. And in the space, something new came and that created my document. So basically all of the judgments that I've ever had about myself or that I continue to have, I look within this realm and I create a space. And in that, the document occurred. So where I live from is I am infinite stillness born of ease and flow. I am pure connection to the all-powerful and we create what I want and I always get what I desire. I'm generous and warm-hearted. I am love coming from love. I am forgiveness and understanding. That's the first stanza. Hmm. And I live from that. So if something comes in my life that's a catastrophe or feels like it, immediately I'll just take a breath and I'll acknowledge and let that come. But then I just come back to what I created myself this morning, for instance, and I create myself throughout the day. I create myself on the elliptical. I am infinite stillness born of ease and flow. 
and I create from that document. So I'm constantly reminding myself, getting my mind and body united, and I inhabit this. It's not just words that I'm saying. They're not just mantras that I'm just, I actually inhabit this and something shifts within me that I'm able to compress time or expand time when something's happening. I'm like, oh my God, I'm about to fall or get into anger. I can come breathe into this and I'm creating from the document. I am freedom. I am free. I am free to be love and loving no matter what. With every thought, with myself, with my son when he's not behaving or when he's not coming home, when we ask him to come home, I can be with that. The other night, you know, my I'm waiting for my daughter at the Starbucks while she's at her English academy and she goes, he's not answering. He's at his friend's house. What do you want to do? So I'm trying to call him and he's just like, it's 45 minutes later than he should. And it's safe city. Kids can go out on their own. It's not a problem, but it's really the first time that he's been so far from home and he's not listening. And I just told my wife, I said, please don't get angry when he gets home. Hmm. We'll deal with it when I get home. And, you know, we talked and we laughed and it was such a beautiful way to share with him. And she said, you know, for, for now, we're not going to allow this to happen. But instead of getting angry with him, we explained the situation and we're working with him on how to explore newfound freedoms that he didn't have in Canada. In Canada, you can't go out without a parent. They, in Vancouver, they don't, they'll take your kids away. Oh, Here, like, it's it's really, they're not, uh, you know, I lived in the city center. Like, we mm-hmm. did not let our kids out down the elevator outside into the city. Right. Walking to school, that never happened. Here, they walk to school by themselves. But my point is, is I could sense my wife's frustration as she called me. And I could, and I was like, no, I can be the one that can create. In the mornings, like I was saying earlier, I can create a place of fun. So this is creating for my document. I get bad news. People tell me things I don't like. I hear things I don't like. How will I respond? I'm free to be Gary energy that sees what can't be seen, shares what can't be seen, is able to be with things that are impossible to be with. So this is part of my document. But as I say it, it's not just words that I'm praying for. I live it. I inhabit it. And the only way that that's possible is if all the remnants are constantly cleaned. It's like if you have a path and you don't constantly clean it or walk on it, it gets overgrown. Yeah. This is how I look at it. So this is how I create myself daily. And what's ensuing is that more and more joy occurs. Anything that I set my mind to meticulously from joy is created. So yeah. that's, that's my journey. And isn't the most powerful vibration our own voice? Our yeah. own voice connected with itself in love, connected with something greater than the us in love. Yeah. Conspiring together with source in the universe to create all day long. Yeah, all day long. <laughs> and it's so interesting. In my document, I say, we create what I want and I get what I desire. So if what I want in terms of my egoic self, if I want to be more right than loving, I get what I want. Mm. I get disruption. So this is why I purposefully call it this way. And I know if I'm going to be, if I'm aligned with what it wants and what I want, I always get something for the greater good. I get something in my business. But if, let's say, if fear comes in and it's more me, I get more fear. If I get more righteous or self-righteousness, guess what I get? I always get what I want. <laughs> and if it's more resistance, oh, my goodness. I had more. A, I had such a great lesson with that this week. I was so grateful for that. Like, on Monday, Gary, can I tell you a story? Yeah, please. please. <laughs> <laughs> there had been some things that I had been avoiding, right, with all my might until I couldn't. And so (laughs) I was, um, you know, like on the call for an hour um, with the bank representative. 
And like every time we almost were reaching like an opening, there would be a blockage. And, and I was like, we were just laughing because I was like, this is great. This is so great. I am seeing who I'm being right now. I'm yeah. seeing who I've been rather, right? Because I created it from yes. a place of resistance. And like the yep. more resistance, it, 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 like the residue of that resistance throughout this interaction was just such a gift, you know? And, and I'm sharing that because yes, I'm hearing the beautiful things that you're creating and I'm also hearing what you used to create. And then there mm. are people who are in the middle of both, right? Mm. Kind of like me, we still have some mm. residue. <laughs> Oh, I, we, we all, we all have residue. This is, this is the thing. And I think when you reached out, I had done, I think it was from the podcast with Philippe Bartu. And it's like after Mumbai, some things came up that there was still residue. I didn't even know it was there. So every morning I was woken up by source, like at one, two or 3 AM. And for one hour, I would sit with residue from incidents and ideas about myself in my teen years. And as I told Philippe, it was hell. It was not fun. <laughs> and I couldn't even, there was times I would wake up and know what those things were. And there was times when I would be just not knowing what it was, just sensing the emotion. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And after an hour, I'd fall asleep and I'd wake up and a strip would be removed. A strip would be a remove. But it was really, and I told my wife, I, and like this residue, there would be, I would be at 80% of my normal self. But I said to my wife, there's some, it's something's occurring. And I'd really have to step into the document during that time. But since that two months, and since I penned this new part of my document where I shifted it, where I say, I'm pure connection to the all powerful and we create what I want. And I always get what I want, what I desire. I'm free to be Gary energy. I'm free to be love and loving that came from that time. And it's more mm. true than what I used to say, but of course there was a residue. I didn't even know. So I'm not there yet. I'm a work in progress. And Thank you. I, I fall in love with being a work in progress till I go to a different plane. So this is where I, I've not made it. And this is what I want to share with people. There's not a matter of making it. What I wanted to share when I went to Mumbai is where you're at is perfect. Fall in love with where you're at. Fall in love with that thought that shouldn't be there. Fall in love with the truth of what's going on inside of you. Then you're an open book. Hmm. With my kids, it's like, man, if I, I'm not the perfect dad, but when I'm not in alignment with what I say, I call myself out, make it right with them. So they know they don't have to be perfect kids. They can do things and we can be with them and they can learn from it. I want to create a resilience within them and a way of being that's open to all of them. I just want them to be open to themselves, loving themselves, how they show up. And I'm not talking about a get out of jail free card to do willy nilly what you want. Right. I'm talking yeah. about there's things that we know that are not correct or not in the best interest of ourselves to fall in love with that, but choose differently, create differently. This is what I'm co-creating with my wife, with my children and my whole year here. This is all that matters is who I'm being, how I occur to me, how I occur to them, how I co-create with them. And in this, I'm creating 3.0 of my life, 2.0 of my business and my whole year next year that I'm working with Steve next year when I'm back home in Canada is that 2.0 of my business, 3.0 of my life. And I'm preparing my place, preparing my place, preparing this heart for that, for what's next for the rest of my life. Yeah. I, I love that. And again, I'm hearing the meticulousness. I'm going to keep bringing that through, through yeah. so people can see the, the flowy side of the word. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> it is. I love, I love it. Thank you yeah. so much. You're welcome. I, I mean, it, it was you who brought that into the, our conversation, right? <laughs> I'm just 
like yeah. weaving a tale from that. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and I'm also noticing your presence with this, right? That's what I love about being a parent is the, the way we get to be with our kids and allow them to be fully expressed. And for me, my experience of that is sometimes their full expression makes me feel insecure, you know? And it makes me judge them sometimes and sometimes me. And, and then I'm in awareness of more residue. <laughs> or sometimes I just lose myself in the judgment, you know, both happen. So what, what happens for you when that happens with your children? Yeah, it's always like this, how I would really want them to be or how I would want my wife to be is always an interesting introspection of me more than them. Yes. <laughs> you know, and... I tend to be more free about allowing them to be the way they are. My wife really, you know, she can see things that I can't. So I would say really regarding my kids, I have to be very open to my wife and supportive to what she sees because I'm really flowy and it could get to the point that meticulousness is thrown out the window and I really need to bring myself more in alignment to, you know, the things that she sees. So that's yeah. really within this that I need to be on page with her and then bring the lightness that they're able to do the things that really are, are required of them to become fully, you know, functioning human beings in this world. So that's really the part that I, I think that I bring to this. But it's so funny that when my daughter was young, she had a shyness and we've loved that shyness out of her and whatever's happened. But in Tokyo, she has just been flourishing. And my son really in Canada was much more outgoing And here. Like when we were living by the ocean in Chigasaki, just an hour outside of Tokyo, there was this huge book that, at, a, at the house we we're staying at in English. And it's like for grownups, it's like, I would read it. He fell in love with this book. So he just went up to like a high school level in terms of reading in English. And that's his favorite endeavor. So every day when he comes home, he is like straight into his room and he's got the, the whole, all of these books, he got them for Christmas. And he just loves that. So you know, like, I'm like, what should we do? He should be more out with his friends like he used to do or he, you know. So that's where after a year, he's going out with friends, doing stuff that we wanted. And then he doesn't know what to do that with that freedom. And we're calling him. But I guess his friend has some Japanese video game that they were doing. And he's not picking up. He's not doing whatever he's doing. So that's where I had to really say, well, he should be going home. He should be picking up. And I was like, why didn't you pick up? He goes, well, it had these weird numbers and it didn't say daddy. And it's my Japanese phone number. And like, but mm -hmm. I left you messages. You must've heard them. And he goes, I didn't. And I said, that's strange. And then I looked at his phone. He didn't hear them. He was just engrossed in this thing. So how do I be with that? Well, we got to teach him that when you are, supposed to be home you you keep your word my daughter always does well last night she didn't she 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 was at kumon and she was out with her friends and she didn't have her phone we didn't know where she was i went looking for her the good thing is that it's safe but still within this how am i going to be with my kids when they're exploring you know my my daughter will be eight my son is 10 they're going to be exploring life. And the beauty about learning about their Japanese culture, which is a bit different than the North American school system, is they're really learning how to function as a part of a group within class. And it really it goes back to an olden time that everything that they do, they've got these beautiful sports days that they prepare months in advance for doing a presentation 
they they work on things together. They're it's just a beautiful way of growing up that I hope that they bring back home because it really creates a sense of pride in what they're doing, a sense of pride in, you know, a collective. And it's really, that's the part of the culture that we're really hoping that they can bring back to Canada. So they, and so they bring this beautiful North American individualism. And it's very interesting to see how that is merging with learning how to form a line, how to be polite, how to read the room, so to speak. My role is to witness them, acknowledge them, teach them, not coach them, discipline them when necessary, but really offer them. So I really have to see where judgment comes in myself. And then let something greater than me guide them as I'm raising them so that they can feel loved, they can feel free, they can feel the excitement of a possibility of creating whatever they want. It's my greatest joy that they just have this idea that within themselves they're loved and they can learn love of themselves and they can actually be an expression of love to the world in their own unique way. And they are changing the collective consciousness where they are. And that's in, you know, going back to your document, that's what you want, right? Ultimately for them. Mm, yeah. And so you're getting that. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. you're, you're getting um, to witness that and observe that. And it seems to be enhancing how you love your wife. So let's talk about that a little bit. Um, I heard you saying that, you can be too flowy when it comes to your kids and you want to see how you can be in support of your wife's vision surrounding the children. So what have you noticed in that part? Well, just for instance, like her desire to have them wake up, brush their teeth, wash up and do Japanese homework, Kumon, English Academy, you know, that's a 35 minute stretch before they even eat. So that's why my role is to wake them up in the in the space of 15 minutes so that they can prepare themselves to do this. So, but it makes sense because we don't really have a lot of time later in the day. This is where with this time zone, I do all of my work in the morning because all of my afternoons are taking them to English Academy, taking them to extra Japanese lessons, taking my son to soccer or being there with him. Like it's filled with, you know, going to dance classes for my daughter. There's not much time in the evening. So it makes sense that we do it in the morning. So this is where I just support her in this. And that, an example of having to step into what I think is my son would be doing Kumon. So Kumon is, I don't know if you know what that is, but it's... I do uh, know what Kumon is. Yeah. We have it here. So it's, yeah. yeah. So the math that they do here is kind of equivalent to grade 10 math in Canada. It's like super advanced and it's super hard. And he was getting very frustrated with it. And I, I was just, I didn't know what to say. But my wife was like, do you think we need to continue this? And as soon as she said that, I said, I don't think we need to. So we said, okay, this is the last month of that. And then she's like, what, what are we going to fill his time with? And I'm like, nothing. Like, <laughs> no, no, he's, I said, no, let him read. Let him go to soccer more often because he can go to soccer practice every day here for two hours, which is something he loves wow. to do. And I said, let him do that. And this is really where suddenly with the free time, he's able to go out with friends, which is what we wanted. But so there's this thing of just what does she see? What do I see? How do we, how do we want it to be? So living in Canada is so easy. Living here for her is not easy. I, I'm learning Japanese, but I can't read the Chinese Japanese characters. She has to do basically everything. So she got three kids, including me. <laughs> I got to support that. I want to be supportive of that. But we create a positive adventure. Yesterday, we were doing all of the paperwork to 
extend my spousal visa in Japan and there's a lot to do and she hates paperwork. She hates doing this stuff, but we did it together. We went, I collected my documents. She collected her documents. We went to Kinko's and we printed them out. And then I was like, oh, we should go today to the office. And she goes, we're not going to the office today. We'll go to tomorrow, the next day. And I was like, no, I really want to get this done. And she's like, not enough time. And I was like, oh, okay. We went and had a beautiful Korean lunch. Yeah. It was amazing. So this is where we want to be very cognizant of what she desires, what I want to do. The other area that I'm being supportive is being in her own country. She can take courses that she can't really do in Canada. She can do things in person here that she couldn't do in Canada. So she's been taking a course on nutrition. This was online. This was back at, late last year in 2022. Just on how to combine foods for the ultimate vitality of the family and the foods and the the meals she makes from that course are beyond imagine mm. they're they're tasty nutritious everything in perfect harmony and you could just see the level of our energy grow she's decided to take another course where there's a gourmet cooking course that includes these principles and she's starting that in july for the rest of our time here and she is just loving being in Tokyo to find stuff that is very, you couldn't find it in Vancouver, not what she's learning. Yeah. And even within Tokyo, it's very avant-garde, but it's a full expression of herself. And my role is to be with her as she's exploring and fully enjoying this year. And it's informing the rest of our lives together as a couple, informing the rest of my lives with my kids. And really, this is what I want for the world. This is what I want for my clients to be able to say, yeah, life is life. It's not like a bed of roses, but it's really, if you get to a place of equanimity, there's something juicy that you could take that bite of that apple and really live into it. And perfection isn't an option and it's not even preferable, but being authentic within authenticity, so to speak, to borrow Werner Earhart. Yeah. There's something in this that I just, there's just a simplicity to this that I adore. And this is what I want to bring to the world. I can totally feel it. Like, you don't know this, scary, but you're a tantrika, or not tantrika, tantra. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> because the words you're using, really, right? So, like, the opportunities you create to love each other deep deeply and deeper through the things that you hate doing right yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and then you're cultivating this environment within yourself i can actually see the energy and on top of it you're she is learning to fuel it with you know the optimum nutrition Mm. Right. So, so you basically have created this whole love bubble in mm. your house that mm. emanates out through your kids when they go where they yeah. go and your wife, when she goes where she goes and you through your business. And that's yeah. exactly like that. That's the core of what I believe, you know, that's why I say I'm the ultimate joy goddess, you know, um, normalizing great sex. That's, those are words that people can understand, but the great sex is everything you just talked about with your marriage. You know? It's everything. It's yeah. everything. I, when I think, so back to Steve, when we we're talking about non-powerful listening, he said, what's your powerful listening? So if I think about my wife, Kanako, I have the same idea of her that I did when I met her 17 years ago. Yeah. I have the same idea that... I, no matter what occurs, my idea of her is just loving, joyful, and powerful. And the intimacy that we are creating here, the intimacy of just being with each other, no matter what's occurring, just is creating a deeper, deeper joy with each other, a deeper, deeper just simplicity together, more intimacy, greater sex, greater everything. It's possible. 
it's possible that you don't have to grow apart. It's possible that you can be together and enjoy each other's company. It's possible to enjoy each other's company without even talking for hours. It's possible. And for my work, you know, I travel quite a bit, even within Japan, people fly to see me. And for three days, I'm not around. I'm with clients here, there, and she's, go do what you need to do. We're creating this trust within our relationship that we just, we just trust each other. And there's nothing else that I would want other than her. There's nothing else that I'd want other than to be impeccable with my word with her. So this, this year really has, it's spiced up our life definitely in every way possible. And in that, you know, sometimes if you eat spicy food, she had some spicy Korean soup yesterday, man, you're sweating and your nose is running. Like it, <laughs> yes. it elicits a response. <laughs> That's kind of exactly what our time is here. And we're yeah. always wanting to des fuel desire, like desire, the way of mastery speaks, desire, desires, the thing, there's something I want that kids want something they will they will do what it takes to become what it takes to get what they want. As adults, we forget about it and we worry about things. We worry, we get upset. And there's nothing wrong with it. Much like you said, there was something created through resistance that came to a head. And so what? So yeah. what that the resistance occurred? So what? I'm always, so what? Now what? Yeah. How am I going to be with this? Yeah, I, I I love how you were saying um, that your your life is getting spiced up here, and it's it's funny. It's like so many, like a double entendre, literally, because you know she's learning how to cook and everything. Yes. So that's that's so beautiful. It's like a, a feast for pleasure, you know, and only living in that way. So I I I love that. Um, you have brought like you've been so transparent with all your findings and discoveries and these past 18 months with your family and your work with Steve and your work in your business and so what is uh something that you would like to close our space today with hey Dave <laughs> um you're you when we think of the the um, new paradigm of mastering a way of being, what would be your final golden nugget today? There, there are no in-between moments. This year, technically, uh, I'm rarely on social media. I, I rarely go on Facebook. I sometimes just to see what's going on, but I need to search for it because my feed is really, there's not much on my feed. I post things to Instagram. I'm not really in the active mode of getting anything from anyone. And there are no in-between moments in my being, in what I choose to do and share. When people reach out to me, how I am with them is creating more business by doing less. Everything that I'm wanting to do is coming from my desire for my family. And as I share that, it touches people. People say, oh, that's something that I want too. Can you help me with this? Can you tell me? And I will just share, share, share. And my whole realm is planting the seeds of possibility. Alone, I am very limited in what I can create, but combined with the almighty, with the all-powerful from this place of being, it has some ideas or there's something, and I believe it, God, the universe, source, is based in love. If I align with love and I am loving, I am planting the seeds of love in what I'm sharing, being on here, just sharing what my life is like. It's not perfect, but it's the life that I'm creating and I love it. I love all the parts of me, even the not so flattering parts. I love the painful parts. I'm compassionate with those parts. 
there's a possibility that everyone can live their life in their form, in their way, their shape, their, their flavor. And if people would get that, they'd be freed from the tyranny of self-judgment, self-ideas, and free to actually give the gift of themselves exactly as they are from love. The world is a different place. And the world needs a lot more love because of the divisions, because of the finger pointing, the ideas, the vitriol. And if I can say, yeah, all of that inhabits us, but what are we going to do with it? If we love it, it neutralizes. I, I put my life on the line. I put my money where my mouth is all of the time. My wife's great. She shares with me, hey, uh, you say this, but this isn't really how it's occurring to me. And then I'm like, oh, okay, I'll look at that. No in-between moments. Not a better moment coming. I'm not going to be a better person tomorrow. So I might as well fall in love with what's here now. I might as well forgive myself for judging myself for what's here now. I might as well love everything that I can, even that I don't love something. And from my experience, things just dissolve. A space occurs and I can create in that space. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for all of you who are here live watching or listening. And for those of you who watch or listen on the replay share this with another heart share this with another soul and until next week be free thank you for listening to the free to be show with the ultimate joy goddess cordelia kafar take some time to go into your depth What would it look like to create your sacred experience? What would it feel like to create a world where you had your ultimate joy? Where you are completely aligned in your full mind? Are you ready for a sacred experience? Allow yourself the freedom to be replenished and free. Connect with the ultimate joy goddess at www.cordeliagafar.com.